This is Race Capital with Chelsea Higgs Wise, where we interrogate racial narratives in our place, space, and time of Richmond, Virginia, the former capital of the Confederacy. I'm from the We're just a few door knocks away until Virginia votes on Super Tuesday, March 3rd. Feels like we were just here back in November. And that's when I first sat down with the nationally known advocates, Alicia Garza and Ijin Poo, before a major rally for black women voters, right before this past November election. Ijin Poo is the co-founder and executive director of the National Domestic Workers Alliance, a nonprofit organization working to bring quality work, dignity, and fairness to the growing numbers of workers who care and clean in our homes, and the majority of whom are immigrants and women of color. Now, the National Domestic Workers Alliance has passed Domestic Worker Bill of Rights in nine states and in the city of Seattle, and brought over 2 million home care workers under minimum wage protections. And then there's Alicia Garza, Director of Strategy and Partnerships of the Domestic Workers Alliance. Alicia is an organizer, writer, and freedom dreamer based in Oklahoma, California. In 2013, Alicia co-founded Hashtag Black Lives Matter, an international organizing network developed after the murder of Trayvon Martin and focused on combating anti-black racism in all of its forms. These women make up one half of Karen Action's board. The other advisors are Nakima Williams and Jess Morales Riquetto. Their gathering and investing in Black women voices back in November wasn't in vain. Later, we'll hear from Karen Action's Virginia State Director, Alexis Rogers, about their victorious year in the Virginia General Assembly, including passing the Domestic Workers' Bill of Rights here in Virginia. But first... Let's hear from two of the co-founders of Karen Action themselves. Race Capital is honored to bring you Ijin Poo and Alicia Garza, who open up our interview telling us in their words about the movement for domestic workers. Let me just uh, open up and ask, uh, what is Karen Action? Karen Action is an advocacy organization that focuses on lifting up women who do care work Mm -hmm. and cleaning. So all caregivers and domestic workers. Um, And we also have a big focus on building the political power of women of color. Yes. We really believe in the political leadership and the power of women of color in particular Mm -hmm. to transform this country and make our democracy realize its promise. Beautiful. Well, I've been lucky enough to work with iGen and the National Domestic Workers Alliance for, ooh, six years now. Wow, six years. <laughs> and um, we launched Care in Action last year okay. uh, when Stacey Abrams was running to be the governor of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And so iGen and I get to work together inside of Care in Action as you said, to build the power of women of color and black women uh, to be powerful in politics and 
every aspect of our lives. Mm -hmm. And then at the National Domestic Workers Alliance, we really build the power of domestic workers who are largely women of color and caregivers who like a third of the industry is black women. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all know domestic work is rooted in the legacy of slavery in this country. And it was black women's work. Um, and while black women are no longer deeply concentrated in the domestic work sector, uh, the vestiges of the industry and the conditions of the industry that mm-hmm. treated black women um, like mules still exist today. And Correct. so when we are fighting for domestic worker rights, we are also fighting the legacy of racism in the economy and in particular in the caregiving sector. Right. So thank you for lifting the Domestic Care Workers Alliance to show that this work has been going on um, for many years now. And so you all are new and welcoming here in Virginia. Thank you so much for partnering with our local hero, Alexis Rogers, who's been just rocking and rolling in the political sector and always making space for black women. So it really just made sense when we saw her transition to bring this type of narrative and power to the Commonwealth of Virginia. So I would love to just hear why Virginia? What makes us special now? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, we believe in building in the South fundamentally. And, um, and there's many reasons for that. Um, as someone who's organized with domestic workers basically my whole life, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of history here that is fundamental to um, understanding how we got to where we are today and what it's going to take to change it. And just for starters, back in the 1930s when Congress was putting together um, all the labor laws that many people take for granted now, they explicitly excluded farm workers and domestic workers because they did not want to give equal rights to black workers. Right. And it was Southern members of Congress who said, no way we're going to sign on to these labor laws if they protect black workers. Mm-hmm. And so that history actually shaped reality for domestic workers for generations and not just black women. Everyone who does domestic work right. is shaped by that exclusion. Mm -hmm. Their experiences are shaped by that exclusion. So that understanding that history and then also understanding the role that black women in the South have played in transforming work in this country. There's a woman named Dorothy Bolden who is a heroine of ours um, and she's basically the mother of our movement. She started the National Domestic Workers Union in the 1960s and organized domestic workers throughout the South. And um, the the only requirements to be a member of her organization were that you be a domestic worker, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, and that you be registered to vote. Mm. And for her, right, building power, changing the conditions of work meant you had to engage in this democracy. Right. And so, and we take that, that, that history is in our DNA as a movement. Mm-hmm. So launching Care in Action with a focus in the South is really picking up the work that mm-hmm. she started mm-hmm. and building on that yes. um, for this generation. And thank you for bringing that to light and that history, because currently in the Commonwealth, what we're seeing, especially around racial justice, we're seeing a lot of the farm workers' food and justice conversations, and it's, it is still forming um, a gender line mm-hmm. for voices mm-hmm. um, at the table when we're connecting that type of history and uh, social justice today. So thank you for bringing that alignment, because all that was congruent in history mm-hmm. and where we are today. Mm-hmm. I think we can go back to the question about why Virginia. And Virginia, um, as we know, 
is not only a part of the South, but the legacy of slavery and um, anti-black violence and racism um, is really baked into the infrastructure in the state. And what we're doing here, as Ijen said, is trying to build power for the very people that have been kept out of decision-making since the establishment of the state. It's important to us not just to get women of color and black women elected, but to make sure that black women and women of color are in leadership positions in this state and are determining how resources are being distributed here, right. are determining how to engage communities that have been left out of the process intentionally um, to be an integral part of the process. Mm -hmm. And so I think for us, talking about and trying to bring together black women is really a testament to what it's going to take to change the balance of power in this state. Um, all across the country, black women are showing up and showing out, and we know that. Mm -hmm. um, everybody talks about the power of black women, and everybody asks black women to save democracy. Right. right? And so yes. we get that. And we want to take a different approach to it. So for us, gathering black women today is really to celebrate all the work that we have been doing here <laughs> since this place became a state. Right, right. Um, and it's to um, encourage us, right, to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, in this political climate, <clears throat> I think there are a lot of people out there that are saying, well, this doesn't matter. My vote doesn't matter. My voice doesn't matter. I show up time and time again, right? And yeah. um, things don't change. Right we are going to be making a decision about the direction that this country takes for the next generation. Right. Setting the, the path for what happens um, a year from now, but also reminding us that Tuesday is not the goalpost. Right. Right. That actually every single day beyond Tuesday mm -hmm. is really, really important because everybody goes home after Tuesday. Mm -hmm. People kind of set it down and say, okay, whew, we did that. Right. No, that's actually the beginning. Yes, <laughs> That's when the work begins. We still need to get out there, talk to our neighbors, talk to our friends, and encourage people not to go back to sleep, mm -hmm. but that actually this is the time to be more awake than ever. There you go. And, and with that wokeness, right, and that causes some exhaustion, right? Um, I would love for you all to just share how you are continuing to stay in a thriving mode and motivated um, when obviously it's the system is built to not have our voices up in the front lines. Ai Jin Poo talks about what spaces like the Black Women Rally back in November were really for, and that's self-care that comes in the form of celebration, celebrating us. It's about how we lift each other up and keep each other going. It's about conversations with women like you. Like that's what mm -hmm. energizes us. That's what sustains us. That's what makes us believe we're going to win. Right, right. Right. And so we need these moments where we have community and each other mm -hmm. to draw strength and energy from. That's and we also need to win. Right. <laughs> like, so I, I'm really big on self-care mm -hmm. and I believe that winning is also self-care absolutely absolutely <laughs> that at the end of the day the women that uh, we love and care about in our communities who count on us they need us to win mm -hmm. uh, we need to win for ourselves and for our kids and for future generations the rally for black women back in november was one for the history books 
Black Femmes packed the large main stage gallery in downtown Richmond, and during this glorious occasion, we received the most genuine thank you from our favorite fictional political hero and reality shero, Miss Carrie Washington. We're at a moral crossroads. So when I thank you, I'm not just thanking you as like, you know, that girl from Hollywood who wants to cheer you on. I'm thanking you as a mother. Mm. I'm thanking you as a citizen. I'm thanking you as a woman, as a black person, and as your sister in arms tonight and always. So Mm. thank you. Thank you, Carrie Washington. Thank you to everyone who came out and voted this past November and for everyone planning to vote on March 3rd, Super Tuesday. And a big thank you to the work that Care in Action has been doing since November here in Virginia. And today I'm excited to have on Alexis Rogers to tell us more what's happening down at Capitol Square. Thanks for being here, Alexis. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit what's been happening this session. So this this session, we're really excited because Care in Action has been able to use our political power to notch legislative wins for domestic workers. We've introduced a domestic workers bill of rights thanks to the work of Senator Jennifer McClellan, Delegate Sia Price, Delegate Wendy Goditis, and Delegate Kathy Tran. We've been able to have a conversation about the value and the dignity of domestic work. So tell me, what is the domestic workers bill of rights? So this is a comprehensive bill that would include nannies, house uh, cleaners, and home care workers in existing worker protections. Not asking for anything new, just asking to be treated like other workers are. Uh, So the original Domestic Workers Bill of Rights as introduced would have made sure that minimum wage protections, workplace discrimination and harassment protections, employment insurance, and uh, workers' comp were all extended to domestic workers. So is that something that they weren't being offered? I mean, why is there this separation? Yeah, so what we know is that because of the uh, roots of this industry, domestic work uh, originally in this country was done by enslaved Africans. Now it is uh, still, to this day, treated as women's work and less than real work. Um, So there's a lot of work to be done to undo this really systemic racist system that has devalued the work of often black women and women of color. So this year we work to move the needle and we're excited that we're at least going to win on minimum wage protections. So you mentioned that there was a difference between the Bill of Rights as introduced and what's happening now. So just give us a little update where you all stand with your bill. Absolutely. So thanks to the leadership of McClellan and Price, we were able to win on minimum wage protections. This means for the first time, 60,000 domestic workers here in Virginia will be guaranteed at least a minimum wage. And that's important not only because they deserve 725, but because we know that the state is looking to increase the minimum wage here. And so as the state wage goes up, now that the exemption is eliminated, domestic workers will be guaranteed a more fair and living wage. We also are really excited that uh, we're going to to have a work group now established through the through the state government and uh, domestic worker stakeholders who will look at all of the other worker protections that we're discussing that we've identified as issues both on the laws and in the regulatory process to make sure that domestic workers can be fully included in all of the uh, worker protections that are uh, really necessary for dignity at work. So it's pretty big in my opinion that this 
space hadn't been covered before you all kind of got here, right? And you were just explaining, and we heard a little bit in the beginning with our other interview about how this really is part of the institutional racism of this is usually a woman's work. This is a black woman's work, and we don't have to value that. And it, it, it just blows my mind that there was no one else specifically working on this before groups like yours came in. And, and if you were and you're hearing this, my bad. I didn't know you were out there, but I think it's really amazing that now you all have created this space. Um, you had a huge turnout in November with the Black Women Rally. How did that feel? Yeah, it's really incredible to think about, you know, my family members, our ancestors. Senator McClellan comes from a family of domestic workers. To think that finally here in 2020, while it's way too late and way too long, um, that we finally are achieving some level of justice for these folks who have for years, taking care of our families and our homes and made sure that all other work is possible. Um, So we're really excited to uh, continue to move the ball forward. I think it's really cool, too, that you're working with Senator McClellan and Delegate Price, black women in the legislature that are really fighting and making this space for black women. How important to you and to uh, your organizers was it to find black women to help uh, carry this legislation? Absolutely. It's something that we center with everything that we do is to elevate the leadership and the experience of women of color and black women here in Richmond. I know that Senator McClellan comes to this from a very personal uh, position because, again, she comes from a family of domestic workers. She remembers the nights of her sister not, you know, her aunt not coming home because she had to work late. Um, Delegate Price, for example, her uh, grandma is now 101 years old, and she's able to do the work here in Richmond. Her dad is able to do his work in Newport News because they know that their grandma, that her grandma is being taken care of. Um, and so when you have this personal connection to the issues, we know that you're going to be an advocate that is stronger than someone who's coming at it from an academic perspective. So tell people a little bit about who is a domestic worker, right? So that's just a label. We can kind of picture that. But paint paint us a bigger picture about who is this in our lives, the domestic worker? Yeah, so domestic workers are the folks who are keeping the world going round, right? They're cleaning our homes so that when we come home, we're um, at ease, that we can, uh, you know, do our job and and have the ease and the the understanding that our our families and our homes are being taken care of. They're the nannies that are taking care of your kids when you're at work or picking up um, your kids from school. These are folks who sometimes live in your home or sometimes come uh, to your home to uh, clean or take care of your children. Uh, It's really a labor of love and work that folks uh, do because they care about people and they care about um, seeing families thrive. I saw some of your tweets of what you've been told the past week or a few weeks in the Virginia legislature, something like young people can't be trusted to vote, working students don't deserve minimum wage, and we shouldn't worry about visiting immigrants safely. With such language coming straight from the halls where our laws are made, what would you say Virginia needs to better value as a whole? Yeah, so I think it's clear that while we have a new Democratic majority, we still have a lot of work to do to make sure that the values and the experiences of people of color and young people are centered in our policies uh, to move the ball forward and raise the minimum wage, but still leave workers behind and create new exemptions for workers is absolutely an injustice and something that we should not accept. So to say that, you know, just because an au pair is here temporarily, that they shouldn't be able to be guaranteed the same minimum wage, even though they're doing the same work that a nanny would do 
who is here under a different immigration status. That is absolutely wrong. But it's something that we are dealing with under this Democratic majority. How does that feel of you you're coming in and your argument is literally just treat us, them, everyone the same? Every time I have this conversation, people are like, this seems very basic. This seems almost like, why do you even have this job? What I can tell you is when I go into these offices and some of these members have had domestic workers, have had au pairs, know someone in their district who has had a domestic worker or an au pair. What's an au pair? Thank you. Um, An au pair is someone who uh, is here temporarily under a, a visa program, federal visa program, to uh, work as a child care provider. While they are here, they also theoretically have an allowance to uh, do cultural ex- immersion experiences. She's got air quotes. Because what we find is that often au pairs are working 60, 70 hours um, and have no time to immerse themselves in whatever culture they might find here that they wouldn't find in their own more cultural uh, environment back home. It's really frustrating because uh, now there's an effort to exclude au pairs from the increased minimum wage, and it's being led by au pair agencies and and families who employ au pairs because they don't want to have to bear the brunt of these expenses. Now, we're being out-organized because the au pairs can't afford to travel down to Richmond during their two-hour break during a whole day. A lot of these folks are based in Northern Virginia. A lot of them don't speak English primarily. They're intimidated. They're under. They're here under a different immigration status. So absolutely, the 1,000 au pair families who speak English and are wealthy are going to get in contact with their legislators and say, I don't want to pay my au pair more. It's going to uh, you know, make child care unaffordable for me. That makes a lot of sense of who's being represented, who's speaking about this issue in, in the legislature, and who's not. And who's being heard. And so a lot of times people will say, well, they're not constituents, they're not my voters, so I should be more accountable to my constituents, my voters, and this is what they want. But the problem is, and the truth of the matter is, if there is an undocumented immigrant here and they get stopped by the police, we're not saying, well, we need to change the laws. We're saying, no, we want to be targeting these individuals, we want to give them a fine, we want to follow up to make sure they pay the fine, and so we do clearly care about the experiences that people have here, regardless of their immigration status. Um, And the fact that we're moving the ball forward on driver's licenses is great, but we can't pick and choose our battles. We have to say, if we care about all people who are here, then we need to follow that through every single thread when it comes to our policymaking. I wish it was that simple, Alexis. I really do. Um, But I am really excited from the work of Care in Action. I'm really excited that they chose you. you can hear us a little bit in the earlier interview about how excited I am that you were kind of our local black woman Shiro of holding the spaces for black women. And now you have a job to do that through policy that will then spark an economic change, a stability, a confidence, an independence, and these women of color, black women, indigenous women that have not in the past. And you're also doing things like telling people what a au pair is girl like that's that's a term that's just not in a lot of our languages and who that is I keep saying what who that is right it's a person so and that's again just my own ignorance to this type of language but also who is familiar with the au pair also shows a class difference right 
the fact that it's not in my language means that this isn't my issue. I'm not thinking about it. I'm also not seeing who's there at the legislator for it. But it's also like who's taking advantage of the low paying jobs and wages and care that, like you said, really, really run our entire world. Super Tuesday is coming up. I've been watching the social media feeds and what you've been up to and you've got the clipboard in your hand and you're hitting the streets. So what does that look like for you and care in action leading up to Super Tuesday? Yeah, so we know it's absolutely critical that we win in November and that we defeat Donald Trump and that we elect someone who is going to lead from a position of not only putting domestic workers issues first, but delivering on the policy And so we know that when women of color show up, we elect someone and we nominate people who center our values, but we have to show up. And we know that women of color are the most reliable and black women specifically are the most reliable for Democrats, but there's still a huge gap in actually showing up. So we're going out there in the community and saying, we don't care who you vote for because we know you're going to vote for the right person. We just want to make sure you go out and vote. So we're knocking on doors in Churchill and Mosby and just saying like, hey, we want to make sure you don't discount March 3rd. We know you're going to vote in November, but we need black women and women of color to show up in the primary to make sure that we have the right candidate come November. That's great. So care in action is just making sure that people get out to vote and know what's happening and able to show up, Um, not necessarily pushing a candidate right now. On Tuesday, what will care in action be doing? On Tuesday, we'll still be out in the community, knocking on doors, making sure that people actually get out there to the polls, assisting with any voter protection issues, but really just saying, again, as a reminder, we need black women and communities of color to show up today on March 3rd to make sure that on November 3rd, we have the right candidate. So tell us what you all are up to throughout the year after the GA is done. Yeah, so we absolutely want to continue to build power in our community so that we can continue to elevate those voices who are being left out right now from the halls of power. So we're knocking on doors in the community. We're registering voters. We're trying to identify and um, engage domestic workers in this work so that it is a worker-led movement and that their values and their experiences are at the center. So how can people follow you in the work of the organizers of Care in Action? Yep, so on Twitter, I am at A.E. Rogers and Karen Action is at Karen Action USA. We're also on Facebook, Karen Action Votes. Well, congratulations. That's an amazing first year out. You all kind of just formally got to Virginia, correct? Yeah, we're really excited to have this win under our belt. And like I said, we're going to be going out into the community to keep base building to make sure that 2021 session guarantees even more rights and protections. That's great. Thanks so much, Alexis. And one final word going into Super Tuesday, what would you tell the listeners here in Virginia? please get out there and vote. Um, Go in the morning, go at lunch, go after work, bring somebody with you. I know right now it's a really hard time and we're all really frustrated. And, you know, it doesn't matter, again, who you vote for. But I know if I'm talking to a black woman, if I'm talking to a woman of color, you're going to mark the right vote on, on Tuesday, March 3rd. Great. Thanks so much, Alexis. Thank you. It's almost Super Tuesday. So quick shout out to Virginia, Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Vermont, who are all working to get out the vote. So tell the truth. Do you have your plan to vote this Tuesday, March 3rd? Get your identification ready, look up your polling place, schedule your means of transportation, and put it on the calendar. 
know what time you're getting to your polling station and ask your friends and family members their plans. Collective progress can't happen without us talking to one another and a little accountability. I'll be in the South Side of Richmond helping with my local Democratic committee as well as for Elizabeth Warren's campaign. Good luck to all the candidates. <laughs> Just kidding. No luck for Mike Bloomberg. Thanks for listening to Race Capital with me, Chelsea Higgs-Wise. Never miss an episode by subscribing to Race Capital on your favorite podcast platforms. Follow us on everything at Race Capital. That's R-A-C-E-C-A-P-I-T-O-L. Have an idea for a show? Email us at racecapital at gmail.com. And don't forget to support the platform at our Race Capital Patreon. I'll catch you next time. Until then, check your privilege and do your part to correct the narrative. Every man, the, 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 the O, 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 the O,